You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today is a very special Monday because this is the last Monday where we will not have an Iowa football game to talk about. Even after a bye week, we still have some Iowa football games that have happened, and I am very excited. This is a reminder that next week on Monday, we are having a Monday morning recap of Matt Vandenberg, former Iowa Hawkeye wide receiver. That'll be taking place every single Monday after a game. Even with the holiday, we'll try to get in Monday or Tuesday. I'll keep you posted on that. On today's show, we are going to be doing a crossover episode with Jack Grossman of the Crimson Coverage Podcast, who breaks down all sports in the Indiana University atmosphere. We're going to be talking to him about this game, giving you a brief preview. Typically, those crossovers are going to be coming on Thursdays, but today... It's Monday, and we're going to give it to you today. We have a lot of stuff to cover this entire week, so stay tuned for us. We are here five days a week, free on all podcast platforms, talking about your Iowa Hawkeyes. But if you are a college football fan, we've got you covered here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Tune into your favorite Power 5 conference show on Thursday, September 26th, and Friday, September 27th. Search Locked On ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts at. Nate Dickinson does a great job to lock down Big Ten Podcast. Make sure you are checking that out um, each and every day, every single week, as he breaks down the entire happenings within the Big Ten. That being said, um, if you are listening to the show for the first time, welcome in. We are going to be kicking off the YouTube channel sometime this week. Just got to get the production ready to go, so be on the lookout for that. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to wherever you downloaded this podcast app. Give us that five-star review. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. With that being said, let's kick it off. Our preview of Iowa versus Indiana this upcoming Saturday's game with Jack Grossman of the Crimson Coverage Podcast. All right, y'all. This is Andrew Wade of the Locked on Hawkeyes and Jack Grossman of the Crimson Coverage Podcast, breaking down all the interesting information on Indiana throughout the sports year. Uh, Jack, we've talked before about Iowa-Indiana basketball. It is now time to talk about Iowa-Indiana football. Who would have thought? This would actually be a really important game. I think five years ago, neither of us would have been like, wow, Iowa-Indiana opening the season against each other. What an amazing ranked football game. But here we are in 2021 talking about Iowa versus Indiana. How are you doing today, though, man? I am fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for kind of doing a conglomerate thing here with the two podcasts. And yeah, yeah, even you know, two years ago, people would be stunned. We'd be stunned to be talking about the football game really being a bigger matchup than the basketball game with something that I'm sure not many people ever think, especially when you involve Indiana with things. But that's where Tom Allen has Indiana. Kirk Barron's obviously built the consistent, stable quality program that is Iowa football. And I'm excited because I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup, a really intriguing game that I, I don't know about you. I have absolutely no feel what's going to happen next yeah. Saturday in that game. I have one thought and it's the only thing I'm relying on and it has nothing to do with football. So I'll get to that in a second. I think <laughs> I want to quickly, quickly touch on a point. Uh, it is funny in 2021, Indiana basketball down, Iowa basketball up, Indiana football up. Like, it just, I, it just, the world is weird. This is not what we would have expected in 1990, maybe a little bit because Iowa basketball was good then, but you get what I'm saying yeah. here. Um, I would say, so I have no idea what to think about this game either. I'm just relying on the thought that Kinnick hasn't had fans in two seasons and alcohol is being sold there. Um, it's the first game of the year. I mean, 
Kinnick is going to be freaking bumping. The only thing that would make this a worse visitor experience for Indiana is if it, this is at night. That's the only thing. So that's the only thing. I'm like, how do they lose this game? But on paper, both these teams equally matched. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, is this the first game that they're uh, selling alcohol for? Uh, yeah, they, they, I think they've had it in um, – I could be could be wrong. I think they've had it in like some of like the, the boxes and stuff. But this is the first game entirely to the public. Consumption is allowed inside the stadium. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be looped up for yeah. sure. <laughs> like the first, the first tailgate in two yeah. years, and then also you get to drink alcohol in the stadium. Um, <laughs> this could backfire quickly. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be incredible. I, yeah. I mean, I, w- I wish I was going for that. <laughs> Say. Uh, it's gonna be a heck of an experience for sure out there. But yeah, I really think though these two teams kind of come in kind of you know at polar opposites in some way. Indiana likes to play up tempo. They throw the ball a lot, especially when Michael Penning Jr. is healthy, which he's going to play. How effective he'll be coming off the injury remains to be seen. But but Indiana likes to throw the ball a lot. They really like to get the ball outside on the perimeter to their skill position players, take advantage of their speed. On the defensive side, their strengths are the linebackers, the defensive backs in that 4-2-5 scheme. They have Iowa, which – we're going to, you know, melt 35 seconds off the play clock, get the old high formation, run the ball up the middle, and just dominate you from the inside out to where I'm really interested to see what style of play is going to win out in this game because of how different the two teams are. 100% agree. And you mentioned the secondary on the Indiana side, um, a secondary that forced a significant amount of turnovers last year. They do have a new defensive coordinator, but from everything I'm reading, Tom Allen and the way he handles – defensive coordinators he kind of coaches them up and mentors them and takes over the defense for the first year and then he lets them take the reign so not overly concerned about the defensive perspective there but both secondaries here are arguably two of the best secondaries in the nation um, Michael Penix Jr. likes to throw the ball downfield you mentioned if he's going to be healthy I'm going to make the assumption he is but we'll see and then Iowa secondary returns all starters including another transfer who was starting at UNI who was getting NFL looks as a backup. So um, Michael Penix Jr. throwing the ball downfield. Can they stop the Heisman candidate from last year who was coming off an injury? Spencer Petrus, can he throw the ball against a strong secondary after having a very up and down season, some would say. It'll be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, what do you think of uh, Petrus coming off of the strong close of his fractured year going into that sophomore season? What type of jump do you expect him to take? Do you see him really becoming more of a focal point of the offense? Yeah, um, I, I look at it kind of like, have you ever taken like a statistics class where they talk about how you can manipulate the data to, to basically make your argument regardless? Yeah, I was never great at that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I feel like that's how you can look at Spencer Petrus though, right? Like you can say, well, he struggled the reason why we probably lost two games is because he threw the ball too much. He made some poor decisions. He couldn't get out of the pocket. Statistically speaking, he was the one of the worst first year starting quarterbacks in the Kirk Ferentz era. I have literally a spreadsheet of this and it was bad. Um, The other flip side of it is he got better. He won six games. Apparently he also missed the entire freaking summer almost because of COVID. I did not realize this. He was out for 35-ish days due to COVID precautions during oh, the wow. summer before starting, in addition to not having a spring practice, in addition to not being able to play at all. I mean, th- so, like, well, maybe he does make the jump. Maybe he had made the jump. The Wisconsin game, that second half, I mean, what a phenomenal second half. He was hitting Amir Smith-Marset on the money. Um, coming into this season, a lot of the guys have been very vocal about how um, vocal he has been and how much he has you know, become a leader in that locker room. 
I think for Iowa to be successful, they need Spencer Petrus to throw the Spencer Petrus to throw the ball 22 to 25 times a game and complete just 60% of his passes. Get the ball to the playmakers. Iowa does have a lot of playmakers, which is also something we could not say five or six years ago. At the wide opposition, they have guys who can have a significant amount of yak ability. We got a tight end who is going to be probably an all Big Ten tight end. And you have Tyler Goodson, who is probably one of the best running backs we've seen in a long time. And yes, I'm also saying that against Akram Wadley as well. So I, I hope he's going to be good. I'm not sure. Um, I'm trying to think glass half full here and think Spencer Petrus is going to make the jump, though. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You really don't stand a chance. Well, fortunately, we are introducing to you Stat Hero. It is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winnings within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you the lineups that they are putting together and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else in the market does that today. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first to play. They are literally giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That is stathero.com slash locked on. That's fair. I, I mean, you look at Iowa's offense, obviously, you know, you got the O-line, you got the running backs, it's tight end you. Is there any worry about trying to replace uh, Smith, Marcet, and Braden Smith kind of out wide and, and who's kind of going to fill that in? I think anytime you lose two guys to the NFL, one being a draft pick, one being a highly sought after undrafted free agent, you have to be a little concerned. Um, again, had this been almost any point in the last 10 years, I'd be freaking out. But Tyrone Tracy Jr., in my opinion, is a nice combination of both of those guys. He has fantastic yak ability um, with the ball in his hands. He can do so many things against Northwestern. I think he split three guys with a spin move. Um, he also has the ability to go up and jump, jump up and get the ball. Um, Nico Regani is a guy who has been a solid slot receiver. I'm not as high on as a lot of people, um, but they have two freshmen who have just been playing outstandingly after joining early on uh, Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson. So to me, there might be a few ups and downs. It's definitely not the peak of what we had with Brandon Smith and Amir Smith-Marset, but I think the ceiling could be higher. The floor right now is a little bit lower. Yeah, I'm going to find that matchup interesting. It's a DA secondary because they bring back basically everyone but Jamar Johnson, who was an NFL draft pick. But I mean, Taiwan, yep, yep. <laughs> He's going to be a good one. He, uh, I think he could have, you know, hopefully some type of future in the league. But but obviously, Taiwan Mullen's a preseason All-American. Uh, Marcelino Ball playing that Husky position is back from injury. He was there. He, he was an incoming freshman when I was a freshman there. So that's how long he's been at, oh, wow. at yeah. IU. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, now almost uh, – I'm in my second year out of college. So 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 he's been there for more than a He's minute. a super, super senior. Yes. Yes. He's an incredibly super senior. But <laughs> – but, uh, but if you look at Indiana's defense, I'm going to find it interesting because that's kind of where Charlton Warren comes in, the new defensive coordinator. Kane Womack was phenomenal. I used previous DC at being able to disguise pressures, disguise looks, confuse offenses, and to be able to send pressure and, and disguise coverages to really just you know confuse people and, and wreak a lot of havoc off of that. 
And yes, uh, Tom Allen is going to have a lot to say. What happened to that defense? He did when Womack was there. He's going to now with Charlton Warren. He was obviously the DC before the head coach at Indiana, but I'm interested to see how Warren handles calling plays for the first time. He's a first time defensive coordinator. If he can have that same type of touch and create that same havoc within the defense that came Womack was, was able to do. And that's something, you know, that's very, you know, cliche talky, ish but, but, but it's, it, it's, yeah, it's important. I mean, that's what, that's what made India's defense great last year because they weren't just going to line up and, you know, out physical people on, on the defensive line, especially this year without Jerome Johnson, they've added some, some key transfers on the D line, but it's no secret that that's the weakest unit on uh, the defense and maybe the team. So you got to be able to create pressure in other ways. And, and if Indiana can do that or not, I think it's going to be a big indication on what type of chance they have of trying to slow down Iowa. Yeah. You, you mentioned the defensive line is the weakest point. And um, I find that interesting because on the Iowa side, defensive line is also a big question mark. We replaced three of four starters for the third time in three years. Um, I, which is absurd for a program who is all about developing to continually just push guys in the NFL and have three new guys coming in. So that's also a concern for me. Um, you mentioned the, you know, the, the blitzes and whatnot. And I want to ask you a question going back to last year, Indiana, I thought played really well against Justin Fields. I felt like, maybe, am I thinking the right year? That was last year, right? Where the yeah, Justin yeah, Fields, yeah. Threw, okay, yeah, they played, I mean, the first half Ohio state gets out to a, you know, a nice little lead. The second half, they had Justin Fields checking up interceptions. They had him running all around how I've really felt like Justin Fields didn't play a great game. And I felt like he was forcing a lot, but I want to get a sense from you. How much of that was Indiana versus how much that was Justin Fields. Just truly. I'm just curious. Cause that's, I've, I've not understood what happened in that game. Well, I mean, you, you, you I'm assuming you saw how saying Clemson yeah. last year. Right? Yeah, that, that yeah. also that, that, that like shows what, what Justin Fields is for me. He obviously Fields didn't play his A-plus game in, in that, but I think it's a credit to the Indiana defense. What Kane Womack were able to do, you, you look at why Indiana gave up, what, 42 points of it, you look at it, and, you know, seven of them came off of a pick six that, that Michael Penix threw, and then Ohio State ran for, like, 350 yards or something stupid in that game. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was very much Ohio State figured out, hey, we can just kind of run the ball up the middle, whether it be with Master Teague or Trey Serpent or Justin Fields, and they can't stop it in that, yeah. that way. But but it, that, that goes back, again, Indiana was able to confuse the hell out of Justin Fields. They were. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Taiwan Bowling came in, had sacks. Jamar Johnson had sacks. You, you saw people at all three levels. Jerome Johnson, defensive tackle, had an interception from dropping back in coverage. I mean, yeah. you're seeing guys that were able to be flexible, play – in non-traditional roles of what you would expect from a D lineman or a linebacker or a safety. And because you have guys that can play anywhere kind of all over the field and you never know where the pressure is going to come from, because more often than not, there will be pressure when you're facing a Tom Allen team. It, he, Justin Fields just had his head on a swivel the entire game. He really did. And I don't know, that game's interesting because – Indiana kind of blew a bunch of chances that, that they had in that that to where where one of the picks they ended up fumbling. Ohio State recovers, which yeah, naturally, yeah, but they had that. Uh, Miles Marshall dropped a fourth and three pass that would have you know had about twenty five yard gain and got him into the red zone and said you know turnover on downs and there, there's just so many things you look back to and said if Indiana does these things they win the game. However, 
you're playing Ohio State. You need to be perfect to win that game, and Indiana yep. was not perfect. But but if you look at how they defended Justin Fields and how I think Northwestern was was really able to have a lot of success as well in the Big Ten title game, it was very much disguising coverages, disguising blitzes, and making Fields make tough decisions in terms of trying to figure out who's going to be where on the field. And Indiana was able to uh, get him to lose sight of that and, and be able to uh, uh, make the wrong decisions. And they, and they were better than anyone else last season in capitalizing when quarterbacks were making wrong decisions. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think that's a good, a good point just to, to be thinking about um, from a, a Spencer Petrus angle, he's going to have to be ready and on his, you know, on his toes, understanding what the defense is bringing him because he, you know, unlike Justin Fields, he doesn't have the ability to get out of the pocket. Now, I would argue Iowa's offensive line is the same, if not slightly better than Ohio State's at times. But Spencer Peters doesn't have the ability to move like Justin Fields did. So um, if that is to happen, Spencer's going to have a long freaking day. But you also mentioned the fact that Ohio State gashed the heck out of Indiana with the rushing yep. attack. And Iowa has Tyler Goodson, an all Big Ten back. Behind him, they have Ivory Kelly Martin, a a senior who started as a sophomore and just kept losing his job to the next starter, but you know, nevertheless, a, a solid running back and a good returning offensive line, save for some question marks on the tackle side. Um, do you feel like the rushing defense is still a weakness for Indiana? And do you feel like that's how Iowa wins this game? If they were to win this game? Oh, absolutely. That that's how Iowa wins the game. It's controlling the clock, keeping panics on the sideline, and just slowly pounding away at the Indiana front. I mean, I mean they they lose Jerome Johnson, who uh, was their best run stopper. He had I don't know this is pass defense versus rush defense, but the the defensive line only had seven sacks total last year, and Johnson had four and a half of them. So I mean, oh, wow. like, like he was, yeah. yeah. He so he was the guy on the defensive end. Now they bring in some transfers. They got a guy from Auburn. They got a guy from from uh, I believe Ole Miss and a guy from uh, NIU that have all um, impressed throughout camp. But it it, it comes down to especially when you're playing that four, two, five, you're sacrificing, you know, an extra man in the box. So you can have Marcelino ball play that Husky position. And yes, he can come in and help out in the run game as well, but you know, you only have six guys in the box. It, it becomes a, um, we're going to give something up and uh, more times than not, especially when the D line isn't the strength of the team, which under with Indiana, it is almost never the strength of the team going back in the history of the program. It's, it, it, it's, it's the biggest question of for Indiana of is their staying power? Is this more than a one year year flash in the pan type deal? It's can Indiana get better on not just the D line, but the O line as well. And be able to be competitive in the trenches to allow everything else that Tom Allen and IU has built to relish and do what they've done so well. That, that, that's the biggest question for IU this year. And we're going to get answers right away against Iowa because they are going to challenge that, especially on, on the, uh, I was offensive side of the ball with that power running game of can Indiana not just stop it, but, but at least slow it down, contain it and keep Iowa from dominating the game at the point of attack. You've heard me talk about it before, but built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have flavors for literally everyone, sweet, salty, fruity, you name it. They've got it. And all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. But the best part about these bars are not just how delicious they are, it is how healthy they are for you as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, between 130 and 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, it is the 
Built Bar, or the protein bar that is used by the track and field team, and is also the protein bar sponsoring BYU walk-ons and paying for their entire scholarship. So why wouldn't you want to try a fantastic tasting protein bar from a company like that? Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner. Unless you want to bet on preseason games, you can do that right now. But you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs at BetOnline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information today. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs or their path to the Lombardi Trophy. Again, head over to that website, get that free account, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Absolutely, and if Indiana's running a 4-2-5 consistently and not changing up their defensive scheme, you better believe Iowa's going to be in a 22 and just pounding it. Right. I mean, why why wouldn't you at that point put some take some of the pressure off Spencer Petrus in a packed Canuck Stadium? Let Tyler Goodson do his thing. Um, what what are your expectations for Indiana this season then? I mean, you mentioned we don't know, right? It one year wonder, is it a, is this a staying thing? Did Tom Allen build a a program that can consistently win? Or is this a one time deal and they regress back to the norm? I think that uh th- there's a couple big questions. And I think Tom Allen's showing what they're recruiting. I mean, IU, I get it. It's very early in the cycle. But the class of 2022, IU right now is like 17th, 18th. in the class rankings, that's never happened for a yeah. football. So, so I think he's showing that long-term there is staying power there. I'm not saying that IU is going to be, you know, 10-2, 11-1 every year and, and you know, winning Big Ten championships. Maybe, you know, if Ohio State is a down year, they could pop up and do that once or twice. But I know that's Tom Allen's long-time goal, but I'm not going to go out and say that. But when you're <laughs> playing in the Big Ten East – you have Iowa as one of your cross-division games, and you also have Cincinnati on the non-conference schedule. The schedule is absolutely brutal for Indiana this year. It, it really is. So it's Indiana can be just as good as they were last year, but the record might not be as good just because, as you know, you would expect Penn State to be back to being Penn State. You would expect Michigan to be better. Uh, and then you have a Cincinnati game that wasn't there. And, you know, last year you won the tough – cross uh, division game at Wisconsin, you may lose it this time against Iowa. That I think that's that's a very 50-50 game type deal. And then then obviously the biggest question is none of this matters if Michael Penix Jr. can't stay healthy. And when he's been on the field, he's been phenomenal. There's no question about it. About it. And it's so exciting to have a guy that, that's dynamic and that and is as good as he is. But this is fourth year on campus and he hasn't finished a season healthy in any of the previous three. So you just have to wonder, you can't just say he's going to be healthy for all 12 games. If he is, then I think Indiana could easily win all seven games that they should be favored to win. They, I think they can beat Michigan at Michigan, which would be the first time that they would have done that since 1968. If they pull that off, they could possibly win the Iowa game. They could beat a Cincinnati. They could get up to that eight, nine, 10 win range. If he's not healthy, I I, I just don't think that you get more than seven. It it just kind of, where they're at, that's how important he is to everything on the offense. Jack Tuttle, the backup's not going to lose any games for Indiana, but 
but and and they won on the road at Wisconsin with him starting, but that was an effort where you know they only gave up seven points. <laughs> the defense yeah. was spectacular in that game. Most yeah, times you're gonna win to, the game yeah. if you only give up seven. Yeah, so like he's not going to go out and win many games for you either. And Indiana's defense is great, but their run game's not good enough. No, if, uh, they need they need the quarterback to be able to make plays to beat you know some of the the better teams, the best teams in in the Big Ten. Absolutely, I'm looking at the schedule, man. It is brutal. You have Iowa on the road. You get to play Cincinnati, not an easy group of five team, a very hard group of five team. You go on the road to Penn State. Ohio State comes there. Who cares? It's Ohio State. They're going to win. No offense. Yeah. Oh, um, no, no. None taken. <laughs> yeah. Graciano's Rutgers. I hate the fact that Graciano's back. Rutgers should just stay in the dweller, but they are not. Um, they're they're back. And honestly, Purdue, I know it's a, it's a rivalry game, right, for Indiana? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, yeah, and in Purdue – Oh, God, I hate Purdue. They're so up and down. You just never know which Purdue you're going to get. Are you going to get the David Bell who goes off for 300 yards receiving? Probably. Or are you going to get the Purdue who craps the bed? Like, it just you just never know with Purdue. So, um, definitely interesting. I noticed that about the running game as well. Um, I did not realize how bad the rushing attack was for Indiana last year until I looked at some of the stats. I was like, wow, this – I did – the perception of Indiana's offense in my mind was just such a high-functioning offense. But there are some weaknesses in there, which I think – um, if they can improve on, awesome. But I don't expect the rushing attack to make a huge leap this year from everything I'm hearing. It all depends on the O-line because that, that was the big issue. You can see Scott was a really productive back at IU, but uh, they just couldn't get the push on the offensive line most of the season. And when you're going to do that, Scott was not an elusive back. He's more of a power guy. You're mm-hmm. not going to have much of a run game. You're just not. Yeah. So Stevie's gone. Samson James transfers to Purdue. Uh, Stephen Carr, a five-star kid out of – that, that was at USC transfers in. He seems to be the lead back. Tim Baldwin, he showed some flashes last year. there. Then David Ellis, who's like a receiver running back hybrid, is there as well. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if the offensive line can't get a push. And it, it's going to be – that that's going to be the question, is can Indiana be a more balanced offense than they were a year ago? That's really what held them back on that side of the ball. And I guess that's kind of kind of the big question. It's, can Indiana run the ball? Can Iowa pass the ball? And I think the defensive line will be, this will be a good test for, for Iowa um, before they go up against an Iowa state team the following weekend who does run the ball very well and does have all their linemen returning and has a strong offensive line because we're again, we're replacing three defensive linemen. We have Zach from Valkenberg, a D2 transfer who was second team all be 10 last year. He's anchoring one side of the line. We have a former four-star who hasn't started yet and John Wagner at the defensive end, rotating with a, you'll love this, a former walk-on quarterback turned walk-on linebacker turned (laughs) pass rush specialist (laughs) turned scholarship defensive end. Um, In his true freshman year, Joe Evans, or I think it's true freshman, it might be true retro, but true freshman year, as a 239-pound linebacker was rushing the passer on certain passing downs. He could be rotating and he played 200 snaps last year. Noah Shannon, not a guy who has a lot of snaps. And then we have a couple freshmen who are going to be playing at the other defensive tackle spot more than likely. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle Indiana's rushing attack. Have you ever heard uh, the name Jared Lorenzen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's who I picture when, when, when you say quarterback turned defensive end. <laughs> but... Jared Lorenzen should have been an offensive tackle. Dude, him, him in the arena football league with the, the scaly green Jersey was just absurd to me. I, gosh, what a, what a crazy guy. He yeah. could run fast too. Couldn't he? he actually could run in his earlier days. He was pretty fast. Oh yeah. He, he was a, he was a mobile quarterback when he was in Kentucky. He really was. Yeah. I don't, I don't bizarre. understand it. it it's, it's bizarre, but anyways, uh, 
uh, Iowa and Iowa State, or not Iowa, Indiana and Iowa State to start the season. That is a brutal start for you guys as well. Dude, if we if we make it out, honestly, I think best case scenario is obviously 2-0. And I think there's a path to that. Uh, I'll be completely transparent. I think Iowa State scares me more um, than Indiana because we get Indiana on the road at Kinnick. And I just, it is so tough to play at Kinnick. Um, I, that is going to be such a difficult place to go to. Iowa State is such a talented team. If we make it out of this one and one, I'm happy though, right? Like I'm not sitting there pissed off and depressed if we split those two games, whichever direction it is. Obviously, I'd rather, from a Twitter perspective, I would rather beat Iowa State and lose to Indiana. From a Iowa conference perspective, I'd rather beat Indiana, lose to Iowa State. And personally, for my own sanity, I think I'm hoping it's Iowa State that we win if we have to split those just because I cannot stand cycle on Twitter. So that's that be interesting. And that's fair. That's very fair. So so what do you think, you know, you know, let, let's go ahead and put ourselves on the spot here. Score prediction, who do you think wins? Wins what what what's gonna happen next Saturday? Yeah. Um, I actually did this a couple of weeks ago talking a little bit about Indiana, and I, I can't remember what the score I had. I'm gonna go with 24 to 14 Iowa and the reason why I'm saying that is, again, I go back to the Kinnick effect, um, look back at previous records, people die in Kinnick, right? Like Ohio State came to yeah. Kinnick and just got shellacked as a top 10 team, losing 55 to 24. Um, gosh, I think I'm getting my numbers mixed up. But anyways, uh, that scares me for Indiana. Um, Indiana having Michael Penix Jr., not sure how healthy he's going to be, and having Iowa secondary, that's what gets me going, right? Indiana's offense, I would be worried about, except for Iowa's secondary is a top 10 unit in the entire nation. So if they can contain Ty Freifogel, that will be huge to me. And I think they have the ability to do that. Matt Hankins was a guy who could have went to the NFL last year. He chose to come back. We have a couple other guys who are mature veterans who have started two, three seasons. I think across our board, our secondary has at least two years of starting experience at all of our positions. That's unheard of. Um, and then a backup has three years of starting experience, at the D one double a level. I mean, they're the FCS level. So uh, I, I feel like that's going to be the advantage here. Um, I think later in the season, if we were to play Indiana later in the season at Indiana, I think I would lose that game. I just think the situation bodes well for Iowa this year. Yeah. Toss up games. I normally, I, I, whether it's right or wrong or indifferent, I normally just end up, Defaulting to the home team when I when I pick a toss-up game. That's I'm picking I I'm picking Iowa to win this game. I'm picking Indiana to beat Cincinnati. It's got like toss-up game, eh, home team. Uh, yep. Whether that's right or wrong, I feel like more times it ends up being wrong than right. But yeah. I just you know I, I just I think you know the home field advantage, especially as you said, all the uh, stuff that goes into it. I just think that's a lot to handle and. You remember Michael Penix Jr. coming back last season off the shoulder injury, really struggled mightily against Penn State, even though Indiana was able to win the game. Game He really didn't get into a rhythm until game two, so I wonder if that's going to be an issue for him as well, just trying to get his feet wet, trying to get back um, back into that rhythm, getting going as a player. He is at doing it on the road in Kinnick is not exactly the easiest way to do that. So yeah. I, 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 it, I don't think you're going to get like an A-plus Michael Penix performance. I could absolutely be wrong there. He goes out and balls out, out <laughs> which is yeah. always possible with He's him. a phenomenal but, player. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I think there's just a lot going against Indiana in this game to where I think Indiana could win the game. I think Indiana has the pieces to win the game. Yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked or surprised at all if Indiana won the game. But I just 
I can't go out and pick Indiana to win the game. So, I, so I, I think I think the defense will keep them in, in it. I if they can force a bunch of turnovers, that would be how Indiana probably wins. But but I'm gonna go similar score, a little bit closer. I'm gonna say 28-24. Oh, I like it. Iowa. Yeah, I think I think they'll be able to to move the ball a little bit more, get a little bit going offensively. But but it's uh, I, I just. Don't think think uh, it, it's a bad matchup at a bad time for Indiana. Yeah. It is. It's a, a, I, I get, was a really good team. Yeah, I think a November matchup at Indiana. This this is a win for Indiana probably. I mean, this is at least a, a easier pick to go Indiana. As you said, if if Indiana wins this game, I'm not going to be shocked, right? Like I'm not going to be as shocked as Indiana or as uh, Purdue beating Iowa last year. Uh, Indiana is a good football team, but I expect Iowa to win, and I will be disappointed if they don't. And I think you're absolutely right. If Iowa can control the ball and not turn over the ball, and I know that's a very obvious statement, but especially yeah. in this game, if they and don't easier the ball, said than done. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we saw what Spencer Peters had some issues with that earlier in the season. If they can keep the ball on their side and just stick to their game plan, I think Iowa can win this game. It it could be a pretty ugly game, though. Yeah, it it, it very well could be, and that's kind of honestly what I'm expecting a little yeah. bit. But gonna gonna be fun though. I love gonna it, man. Be fun. Well, Jack. Um, where can the folks find you at anyone listening to the show from the locked on Hawkeyes perspective, they want some Indiana takes uh, you're my go-to guy. So where can they find you for Indiana Hoosier takes? Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Grossman 97. I work over at ESPN Louisville 680 1057 over there. Can I have a post game show for this game actually? So uh, around 7 30 PM Eastern 6 30 central right after the game ends, we'll be live on ESPN 680. 1057 Indiana, Iowa fans, whoever the heck you are, you can call, text in 267-9680-502-267-9680. So it's going to be a lot of fun for sure, and it's an absolute blast as always, Andrew. Super exciting, man. I, that's awesome. You have the postgame show. I will be drunk. I'll be completely honest. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'll give a call. In I do not blame you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a little drunk, but I'll do my postgame show the next day after I watch the game again sober. Um, but, Jack, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, excited to have you on during basketball season. Hopefully our two teams can pick it back up. You guys have a new coach. We have a bunch of new players. We'll see how that all works out for us in the basketball season. Jack, as always, a pleasure, and I'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. All right, y'all, that does do it for our show today. Just a reminder, we are here every single day. We will be on YouTube at some point this week. We have a lot of great stuff coming up. We're going to be giving you what this general weekly schedule looks like. During the football season, we will have a pretty set schedule in terms of talking about the pregame interviews, talking about the depth chart, all that stuff. And then on Friday, obviously doing some of the betting lines and whatnot. That is all going to be on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. And every Monday, we are going to be joined by Matt Vandenberg of the former Iowa Hawkeye wide receiver. He's going to be joining us on the show and giving us his recap of the previous weekend's game. So a lot of fun stuff coming here over the next couple months and stay tuned by subscribing wherever you downloaded this podcast at. Make sure to go follow Jack as well. He's a fantastic follow for Indiana coverage. Just It's always nice to see what some of the other teams are doing, what some of the other team's fans are uh, thinking and that kind of stuff. Anyways, that... That's all for the show today. Appreciate you all tuning in. If you want some more Locked On content, you have to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. And that will do it for our show today. Have a fantastic Monday. As always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate your love, your listenership, and your support. Let's go, Hawks.